Welcome to Cracks in the Foundation with Tallulah Rose. Have you been on a podcast before? Um, I've done one. Um, I did one with uh, Molly Ray McKenzie, and she does like intuitive eating and oh. uh, things of that sort, and just like intuition in general. Um, so I was talking to her about you know just my path and, and Reiki and things of that sort. But um, it's actually been a manifestation of mine um, to be on a podcast. So oh, really, insane. yeah, because I've been manifesting literally through a little bit through Lacey, but. Um, I mean, to be magnetic, but I um, just set out, I think like two years ago, like when I was like, oh, I have a Reiki business, like, you know, I'm doing a lot of Reiki stuff. I want to be on podcasts. And then um, I like the manifestation didn't come in for like a whole year. And um, as simple as it is to get like invited or be on, and like, I even reached out, which is like totally against my human design. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until... Um, I actually quit my hospital job and stepped fully into my worth of like doing Reiki business stuff that, um, somebody actually even invited me onto a podcast. So, um, it was like very much so like in my human design, like as a result of quitting my hospital job. And so since I've seen them, I've kind of just been like dabbling into like, um, when people like offer, I've been dabbling into it, but at the same time, it's, it's been a big manifestation for me. So, um, oh, I'm so happy that, thank <laughs> that you. We're connected. um, do you want to talk a little bit about Reiki as just a general whole? I know you, you've been doing it for six or seven years. Um, I got certified in 2017. So I've been doing it for, I guess, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Yeah. So this will be my sixth year as well. Holy cow. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. I guess I, I got my certification, um, or like my attunement as soon as I moved here. So like I, um, chose to move to Colorado and I, as soon as I got here within two weeks, I went skiing and I tore my ACL. And so like within the same week of tearing my ACL, I turned my ACL on a Friday and I signed up for the Reiki course on a Tuesday. So it was almost like I signed up for the Reiki course and had this massive like healing piece of my life kind of start to show up. Um, so I got like level one and level two in April of 2017. And then I like went home and I was like practicing Reiki every day. Um, I was like working on a relationship with my family members and like actually really for the first time starting to like look deeply um, at those relationships and understand, oh, this isn't me, this is them, right? Like um, when you're having a difficult relationship with family members, it's like, I, I, for the first time, I really started to kind of start to separate things as I was like healing myself with Reiki. Um, and yeah. So then I came back to Colorado and I got my, the quote unquote master certification. Um, and I wanted, I heard about giving Reiki to cancer patients at, um, UC health in Colorado and that there was like a program that did this. And so that was like really my main goal. I was like, Oh, I want to do like Reiki in a medical setting. Like I have this big belief of like, play the system to beat the system kind of thing. And so it's like, if I'm going to bring Eastern practices to the Western world, 
let's do it through the Western door. And, um, so I just started practicing on people and, um, practicing a whole ton on myself. And eventually like you needed like a certain amount of hours, you needed like 50 hours or something like that to sign up for the cancer program. So signed up for that, got the cancer training for Reiki. And then, um, as like, that was all growing, I started to just start take clients at my house. People were like, Oh, I really want this. I want to try this out started donation based. And then like, as my intuitive gifts started developing with it, I mean, like my gifts I've, I've been working on for like close to 10 years, but like they were amplified when I was doing Reiki. And I think that your intuitive gifts become amplified when you're doing Reiki. Um, one, the Nate, the, like the traditional nature of Reiki in Japan or Japanese Reiki is like truly to have the intuitive ability to know where there's an ailment and to place your hands there. So like they say that the hands like intuitively know where to go. Um, but two, like, I believe that your intuitive gifts start to develop because you're just being more observant, right? You're like totally present. You're totally focusing on the energy of a situation and, or a person. And so with that deep presence comes this flow, right? Like our mind and our thought processing and our cognition, like interrupts that flow day to day. So often that like, we don't know always how to tap into that intuition, but I believe that the gifts again, start developing because you're just in this like highly observant place. And like that flow can start to kind of come through. So I guess like just overall, my, my personal goal with Reiki is again, like very like health focused mind body connection. And I absolutely hands down incorporate the spirituality into it. But like my driving force is like, well, how is like your, like your overall health, not like your spiritual health, not just your physical health not just the emotional, but how is it like overall? And so that's kind of my look at it. I know that Reiki kind of goes in two directions that I'm understanding in the field right now. And one direction is like very spiritual based. I like to call it the woo-woo side of it. And then there's, you know, the other side, which is like, there's a massive drive for like getting Reiki into medical, into the medical field essentially. And I love this side because Reiki traditionally in Japan was used one in like a society, but two in like medical healing. That's like its traditional roots. And three, um, it was also used in the Japanese Navy in like between the thirties and forties. Um, so like, I truly believe that the deeper energy of Reiki belongs in bigger systems um, to create that support and that type of love that like the Western, like these big systems of, of the Western world are so lacking. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that makes me think of, um, do you think part of it, because there's statistics out there that say like, um, patients actually heal faster with female doctors more than men. Do you think there's a deeper innate, like in intention with Reiki that kind of happens naturally more in women? I would say that women are more intuitive ancestrally, 
right? You have to like, you're intuitive because you have to know your vessel, right? And your body. And I think that gets passed down generationally through like nurturance, right? Like the mothering aspect that we all pick up. I think that females are more, um, I think genetically through ancestral lineage, I think that females are just more receptive to that nurturance. And then in turn, because they're more receptive to it, they know how to like send it back outwards. But I think that's also in conjunction with, again, the ancestral like tradition that's been passed down um, through just being around females and being a female in general. Um, So I would say that like, I've never heard the statistic of women doctors having um, like more of an impact or people heal faster with female doctors, but I wouldn't be surprised based on the energetics of women are just a little bit more nurturing and a little bit more transparent in that nurturance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I would be curious to like follow that statistic, but I also like, wouldn't be surprised if that was a thing. I'll send um, it to you after. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. And I would say like with Reiki, women are probably more attracted to it because, Again, I think women are more open to ideas of like energy flow. Um, I think a man who's sovereign in himself and like gets grounded in himself um, and feels that confidence would then be more apt to, you know, engage um, in administering Reiki, learning Reiki, or even receiving Reiki. Um, But yeah. And you talked about the the energy flow. Can you talk about that sensation? Like as a patient, what would I experience with you? Well, when you first walk in, you're immediately going to feel like a sense of comfort. And, um, one of my biggest values is like presence, right? So just like making sure that the person feels seen and heard because they're coming to an alternative slash complementary practice because other traditional practices or things haven't worked for them. Right. So like, that's the first thing It's like, and that's the beauty and a little bit of Reiki too. It begins to flow just that energy. Um, as soon as you walk in the door with your intention. Um, so I mean, and to kind of tangent off that, I think that I think that there's a life force energy that kind of is very neutral and it like drives all of us to be alive, right? Where we're like, okay, we can choose how we want to operate in this energy that gives us life. Then I believe that there's like the frequency of love. And I think that love is such a high vibrational frequency that it's so healing. I think that Reiki is either like vibrationally higher than love or it's just a different vibration and very similar to the vibration of love. Um, And so again, ancestrally, as it's been passed down, I believe that that vibration is always continued and that's what's essentially being taught in your attunement or in your certification is like, how can you be in this vibration more frequently? And, um, I find that if you're in Reiki vibration, things just move so fluidly. What does it feel like on in the body? Um, Reiki can be, um, it can be very visceral. It can be physical. It can be strictly emotional. It can be, um, it can show up in colors um, and in thought processes, I think. Again, I think it's just like a vibrational frequency that you're operating with. Um, And so like when a client lays on the table, um, they immediately start 
to feel some sort of sensation of like, okay, whatever this is, it's beginning or it's moving. So like when I put my hands over someone's face and like when somebody starts with their hands on my face, over my face, it's very much so like, okay, here it is, like relax into it. And as you relax into it, things just start to kind of pop up, um, whether it's in thought, whether it's in your body and you're feeling it. Um, and I guess, again, to like more specifically answer your question, what does it feel like in the body? It feels like, do you ever, I don't like totally wanna associate these two things together, but it's like the most potent thing that's sticking out to me right now is like, do you ever get a surge of like, anxiety or like a surge of like oh my gosh this overwhelming feeling is kind of coming over me so like Mm -hmm. it's not the specific feeling and the specific emotion tied to it but that visceral feeling that you feel when it's like oh like I feel like something's like coming up or I feel like something's like I need to take a deep breath right now like it's kind of in in that way that's how I perceive energy moving essentially Mm. if that makes a little bit of sense yeah I definitely had that feeling (laughs) with just the overwhelming sensation of truth like I'll just be walking and something will just it feels like an epiphany but it's not and it's just sitting there and you're like oh (laughs) yes it's it's almost nostalgia but not and it's like yeah Yeah. So like you're able to like label that feeling, um, because that's how it feels to you. But at the very baseline, if you didn't label it, it's literally just energy movement, right? So that's just movement of energy in your body. And when you're able to label it and become consciously aware of it, this is where like Reiki becomes like the dopest, like the coolest thing in the world, because when you create awareness around whatever energy is moving in your body, you can start to manage, right? And you can start to, and this is like what therapy does. It's like label your emotions and then manage them from there. You know what I mean? And so not that Reiki is therapy, um, but it just creates that awareness, I would say, as you practice it. It's a different channel. And do you, have you noticed that for you personally, when you're working with someone, is there per, certain spots on the body that carry different emotions? Um, yes. So there's a woman, her name is Louise Hay. Um, she is past, but she developed a book called Heal Your Body, Heal Your Life. And essentially she kind of developed this map, this energy system um, in the body based on physical location of the body. So like she says that, how do I say, like, um, you know, your eyes, if you're having an issue with your eyes, it's because energetically you've been on a path, a thought process or a feeling path of not being able to understand or see your past, present, or future and how they work together, right? So if you're not able to kind of like comprehend how your past and present are like creating the you now or like your goals of the future might be impacting you now, you might have like a physical ailment with your eye. Um, A lot of like, so like that's like, part of the body that's not like a main chakra or like 
center where energy or chi starts to like accumulate. Do you know what I mean? So like, mm-hmm. like your hands could mean something different. Um, you know, like, um, if you have certain illnesses manifesting in a certain area of the body, it could mean something different. Um, but like my basic foundation in my practice, it's like, I go based off of the energy centers of the chakra and like what those themes are for that center. Um, but then I also work with like other parts of the body and other organs. And, um, I do find that like, and I think this is in like energy medicine in general is like the liver holds anger, frustration. Mm -hmm. Um, and like it detoxes though, the detoxes for you. Right. So like there's just a lot of transition that goes on in the liver. Um, the spleen is like a very, it's like kind of houses like your lymph system. So like the spleen tends to be like, and it's on the left side of the body, which is like that nurturance female side. So it's like the spleen can be like calming, nurturing, um, relaxing. Like there's a lot of splenic points in the body to kind of help people like start relaxing. Um, so yeah, there's definitely different things. I mean, I, my favorite concept that I've kind of been studying in the last three years is like the top of your shoulders. So like for the heart center, the top of your shoulders, whenever I sense energy here, it usually has to do with, um, the way that you're expressing yourself to other people. As you get closer to your sternum, which is just like right below the collarbone and, um, you know, at the top of the pecs where like the heart center, I usually find is this is kind of like your, where you operate from like the goodness of your heart. And then just about like, I would say three inches down or just below, you know, the breast line or where your ribs kind of start to join together. So this is called the xiphoid process in anatomy and physiology. Um, and at the xiphoid process, um, very close to the diaphragm and just below the heart. I really believe that that's the center of like where your deep seated like desires and who you are and what you hold close to yourself. I believe that that's where that resides. Now in other energy medicine and energy systems, they believe that um, it's actually like a little bit lower, like um, like just below where the hips start. So between the solar and the sacral chakra. So like, that's been like written in other books, but when I work with energy, that's kind of like, you know, what I sense in the physical body, um, that seems a little general for people. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it's just, there's multiple, there's, I find that there's a description for like every part of the body. So if there's like an ankle issue, um, people are having trouble being flexible, right? Because we have to flex our ankles all the time when we walk. If it's a leg issue, it's like, or a hip issue, a lot of the times it's like trouble moving forward. Um, And then like the right side of the body is masculine and the left side of the body is feminine, things of that sort. I love that. It's very, um, I like that there's, it's just channels for you to figure out and work with your own body rather than like, just opting for <laughs> medicine all the time. Not that like yeah. the medical industry isn't amazing and like does great things, but I've always, I, I had a few Reiki sessions and I like, it was just everything. I started crying like immediately. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think what's important about Reiki is like, you know, the world is so stressful as we 
advance as people, as systems or as systems don't advance and people do advance, whatever. Um, I think that we forget what it truly means to take a moment for yourself, you know? And we hear, we have like so many, like so much input, like thank God for the conscious brain to shut, like to block some of it out because there's so much input throughout the entire day. I mean, there's 8 billion people in the world, you know, like that's just like a lot. So when we're like, oh, do self-care, it's like, well, when you do self-care, like say it's like your self-care is like journaling and um, like taking a bath and whatever else, it's like, you still have to use a bunch of energy to get to that place to like care for yourself, right? Like journaling, it's like this whole, like, you've got to think about things and then you've got to write them and you're feeling emotions at the same time. And it's like, you're, you're, because you're physically doing something, your body is sending out hormones or, um, like, like molecules to like help you do that thing. And so, yes, it's self-care, but the awesome part about Reiki is like, all you have to do is show up and get on the table. You know what I mean? Like you have to do a bunch of stuff to get there. But when you're finally there, you truly get a moment to just shut off and relax. And like, it's kind of hard to do that on your own because you tend to fall asleep or you tend to get distracted. So when somebody's there touching your body, it's like, even if you do kind of start to fall asleep or get distracted because you're in such a relaxed state, that touch to the body creates a whole new other sensation that you, um, that's a channel for you to like tune into. And so, um, I just think it's like Reiki is so much more relaxing. Um, and so, yeah, I love that there's different systems and stuff like that, that support it. But like at the end of the day, it's like literally one of the most true, like relaxing, like truest relaxing things I think you could do for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> and do you, you mentioned that you performed Reiki on yourself. Did you feel like the sensation was a bit different when you performed it on yourself or did mm-hmm. you feel that relaxed state or do you go to someone else now um well I go once every three months to a practitioner um I just find that quarterly doing this it's like along the you know it's just like it's like a seasonal change right and like as you're seasonally changing like you have to observe and witness and allow yourself to shift in this season and so that's I go quarterly once a month for like an hour long to two hour long session Um, when I give to myself, it's, it really just feels like a check-in, um, but I can feel energy moving. Like if I spend enough time there, I can definitely feel things starting to shift and it's totally a mind body thing because you're like, okay, like say if I get my hands to my heart or my throat and there's like tension or it's hard for me to swallow, it's like, okay, why is it hard for me to swallow? Why am I feeling this tension? Well, the first thing you're going to do is like relax because you've recognized it. And then the second thing you're going to do is like process it in your brain, whatever that looks like, or you just relax and you keep relaxing and keep relaxing. And then those muscles tend to decontract or, um, you know, they tend to relax. And so 
whatever energy is there, whether you're aware of it or not, begins to move. Um, so when I give Reiki to myself, again, it's just like a check-in or it's like a quick, like, I want to clear some stuff out. I don't want to be in this energy anymore. Um, I can still feel things move. Um, I would say, I would say receiving from somebody else, it becomes a little bit more spiritual because like, I'm not focused on like the hand positions and like what I have to do next for myself. I'm in that like state of flow and I don't have to come out of it. Um, and then, yeah, I just know that like touch from another person is far more beneficial because your body releases more oxytocin and, um, more dopamine when somebody else touches you, because when you go to touch yourself, the, the signal in your brain of like, I'm moving my hand to this location on my body that like kind of softens the, like the release of that oxytocin and that dopamine because the body's expecting the touch. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when the body's not expecting the touch, there's just more of like a euphoric kind of sensation that gets released in the brain because it's coming from someone else hmm. and you can't like expect where it's going to go. Yeah. And have you, I never thought about touch before like that. <laughs> yeah. Have you done virtual Reiki ever or do you like being in person with them? I love being in person. Um, but I do do virtual often. Um, right now in the cancer Reiki volunteer program, it's all virtual just because of the immunocompromised, um, in, in the cancer population. So, um, it still works and I believe that it works based on like intention. So I always like, I always put it in the perspective of like, when you're thinking about someone and they call you or they text you, like that's kind of how distance Reiki works, where it's like, you guys are connecting intentionally because you're thinking about each other intentionally, or you're thinking about the Reiki, or you're thinking about the process when you're receiving, even though somebody's not there. And so my first session was even distance when I received, um, back in like 2016. Um, and I had like these insane sensations and these insane visuals. And I was like, wow, like, I don't know if I ever would have gotten to this place by myself. I mean, I probably could have, but like, I think that deep focus is not always precedent when you're alone, but when there's the intention of, I am going to receive Reiki and I am going to focus on my body while I receive, I think that, um, you know, that intense focus allows you to get to that deeper place. Um, and so like Reiki virtually again, is just like sending it intentionally. Um, but then again, if you want to get like really woo woo, I believe that like we all communicate psychically in different dimensions outside of our physical reality. Like, I really believe that there's like, we can send, um, there was this study that I found that they saw that the neurons in the brain, when they fire, not only do they create electrical impulses inside of the brain, but they also emit light. So if light travels faster than sound, if we're emitting light from our brain, imagine like where those light particles are exiting our body. And if they're communicating in yeah. very, very, very small ways across the planet in the dimension outside of our body that we can't see. Wow. Um, 
So I'm guessing you believe in um, like multiple timelines, well, infinite timelines and everything. (laughs) Yeah. And I believe in multiple dimensions too. I mean, I believe that like, just because we have a body doesn't mean that's the only thing here. Like how else would, okay, you can call it synchronistic, but like, how else does it happen that you're consistently thinking about a person and then they reach out to you? And a lot of the times, if you're like, oh my God, I've been thinking about you, they'll be like, really? Or a lot of the times they'll be like, oh my God, I've been thinking about you too, you know? So um, like, I mean, it's just so very theoretical, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, imagine if there was like, if each dimension was like a shell outside of our body, like if the dimensions all existed and then like the way that we touch those dimensions is through like an auric shell outside of our body that keeps like expanding or getting bigger. I believe that in our mind, if we can get to get our brain to a certain frequency that we can start intentionally touching those dimensions and not to tangent too much, but Dr. Joe Dispenza is currently, yeah, he's currently working on studies where he's taking blood samples of, um, like study participants who are hooked up to like EEGs where they're like measuring the brain frequency when you meditate. And when the brain frequency hits a gamma wave, which is um, like very close to that. I think it's, I think it's super high vibrational. I can't remember. Cause I know that there's like theta and theta is very close to like lucid dreaming or dream state, like very mm. in between. And I don't know if gamma is below that. I, I don't know too much about these things, but they're taking blood samples of people who are in the gamma frequency. And I think a gamma frequency is just like very high cohesive operation in the body. Um, and I think that that kind of permits us to touch other dimensions. So, sorry, I'm getting like way off topic. Oh no, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. So like, uh, you can send distance Reiki. Um, they say that Reiki can be sent at any time, anywhere. Um, it can be sent to a future. It can be sent to a collective. Again, if you believe in like prayer or meditation, um, it's just that intentional frequency that I think that you're trying to hit and share with people. Um, yeah I love that it I love the auric shell (laughs) idea too I I mean I definitely see the possibilities of things because I just don't understand how we can have dreams and just like push them away and pretend that they're just like nothing yeah (laughs) it's like where do those come from I no one like knows an exact answer of like this is why we have dreams like this and like when I was a kid I used to have night terrors all the time and it was mainly just like me falling through portals all the time when I was a kid it was was weird (laughs) and now I'll have like dreams of people and they'll text me when I wake up or like I that's kind of how I connect with people is through dreams where they'll call me and they'll be like you were in my dream and I was like yeah I know (laughs) oh my god one time okay so like I was healing my relationship with my father for like years and like it really kind of started to get really deep back in 2020 and um, for the first time ever he came to visit me in Colorado in 2021 at the end of 2021 so I spent like a whole year deeply working on my relationship with men my father blah 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 and Um, that week that he came out, it was 
November 11th. So he was here during that, that portal, which was amazing. Um, but that week, like three or four people texted me and they were like, you were in my dream last night, guiding me to do something. And I was like, okay, I'm very much so like that in your waking life. So whether your subconscious was just like, I need this, this feeling and Aaron represents that as an archetype for me in my subconscious, so be it. But at the same time, it's like, wow, I am in such a healed space right now because my dad is out here for the first time in five years. And I feel like I, because I feel healed or whole, maybe my spirit was willing to travel in dreams, you know? Um, I think it's really interesting how that, how that works. I definitely, yeah, I can definitely see that as a thing. Um, yeah. Or just like randomly connecting with people, even through like to be magnetic and stuff. I'm like, I don't even like, I, I consciously know how we caught connected, but I also don't <laughs> like, there's oh, always, yeah, like there's so yeah. many people that I've noticed recently that I've just been like getting connected with. And I'm like, I have no idea how this happened. <laughs> It just kind of like, I know where it came from, but also like no clue. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think that's like the beauty of like, especially when you, yeah, when you gain a new friend, you're like, I don't know what this is, but it seems really cool. And I (laughs) really want to do it, you know? And it's like, yeah. Do we all come from like a certain cluster of stars in the galaxy you know energetically are we light beams that way you know like and are we connecting on a level that like we're not even conscious of like yeah like did we have past lives together I don't know (laughs) I don't know but it's just like it's just it's just so interesting I mean again like as you know through like the to be magnetic work it's like the more you practice in the subconscious the more you realize how freaking big it is you know and like oh yeah you can't look at how many years we've been studying psychology right like Sigmund Freud and Carl Jung like it's still so unknown you know and like what a beautiful thing in a sense but at the same time it's like dude we we probably know nothing and things like Reiki that have been around for ever yeah yeah (laughs) and it's just like we always come back to that ancestral work too which I've I've always been blown away yeah I like my ancestors are from Denmark and everything and I was looking and they're from like one of the oldest towns in Denmark and I I do this thing where like, I'll wake up. I haven't done it in a bit, but I would wake up to like little drawings on my notepad, like on my phone. And I started looking and I was like, oh, these kind of look like runes. <laughs> and I was so obsessed. So I started like digging and I'm like, we all have like a tie to something like yeah. energetically. And I just like, I love like witchcraft and everything. Cause every single culture has it. And it all is very similar. And like, the roots of everything just yeah it always shocks me so I totally understand like the attraction to Reiki and like your urge I'm really curious when your urge started to kind of push into that mind body soul connection or like when you first saw that this is something that you really understood and wanted to like actively go towards for others oh man 
Well, I want to touch on ancestral stuff real quick because oh, yeah. I had two clients. So Reiki is amazing because it's such a mirror for the practitioner. And a lot of the times the practitioner will find that whatever they just healed in themselves, somebody is coming to them for healing. Um, or if the practitioner is actively healing something in themselves, um, the client could be mimicking something similar and or there's clients that start coming in that start to like the cascade or the waterfall of like the practitioner saying oh I wonder like why this is reflecting back to me like I'm gonna like open this up and explore it so multiple clients were coming to me in regards to digging into their ancestral like lineage mm. and I was like hmm and obviously back in 2020 there was like a massive civil rights movement again, um, which was like so phenomenal and beautiful in so many ways. Um, and I really believe that it like activated, I think it was beautiful in a way where it like activated people to start digging into their own stuff and or the ancestral concepts of like, you know, um, Africans or slavery in, in America. And, but my point that I'm getting to is I have recently been a little bit more intrigued about why am I white and Eastern European? Mm -hmm. And um, I'm Irish and like Lithuanian, Polish. And I deeply, deeply resonate with like paganism and just the fluctuation and teachings that the earth provides for us while we live with it. And so like seasonal changes and herbs and like, kind of just like you said, like the witchery, it's like maybe so many cultures or um, lineages have that side to them because we're all human and we're all living on this same planet. You know what I mean? So, um, and I think that's something that while other lineages are going through other healing, it's important for like people like you and I who come from this lineage right now of like this European space, even though the Europeans came to the United States and created like all this hoopla. Um, I think what's important about our roots is that sacredness of the earth and keeping that, um, congruent with other lineages and other geographical locations that are doing the same thing. Does that make sense? So like Native yeah. Americans who are learning about the earth here and like really standing up for preserving the earth here or um, down in like the Southern Americas or um, yeah, I would say like down in that area, like people are really trying to like learn and live with the earth and keeping that tradition alive. And so I think that's just an important role that I think I've started to realize is like, yes, I'm white. And yes, because I'm white, I am already predisposed, like, how do you say, like not preconditioned in the systemic racism, but at the same time. So yes, I have to like unlearn all of that. But it's like, I can't shame myself for being white, right? Like, why am I white? And why did I come from Eastern Europe 
not Eastern Europe, but just like Europe in general. Um, and what's important about the message that I'm here to carry from those roots, right? And I really believe, again, it's continuing to live in congruency or symbiotically with the earth. Um, to answer your question about getting into like mind body stuff, um, I think I've always been interested in that, honestly. That would make sense with the paganism and everything that it. Like it, it was just kind of innate within your soul that this is who you are. Totally. Dude, I was thinking like, I was going to sleep the other night and I was thinking like, this is going to make me cry. But it's like, when I was like three years old or like in preschool and kindergarten, like I always had this dream. Like we would have like um career day. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And I always had this dream. I would bring this German teddy bear that my parents brought from Germany for me. And it had like a little hole in its arm. And like, I would always bring the teddy bear every year. Mm-hmm. And I would like bandage the teddy bear up and I would like make sure that all his limbs were working. And it's just like, I've always cared about the function. I can't believe I'm like crying. But I've always cared about the function of like the body and like why you're here. And like the more that I allow myself to explore that, just the deeper my understanding gets of all of this. And I think because I've had it, that like desire and that drive from such a young time. So I always thought I was going to be a doctor is essentially is a less emotional version of that is like, I always wanted to take care of people. It's so innate in my soul, like at three years old to like be doing that kind of stuff. And I always had like doctor toys and I always had cash register toys. So I don't know if that all like leads up to like having my own business, but um I guess I would say like the biggest catalyst for me was understanding that like I didn't have to go to fucking medical school and be like a hundred grand in debt after eight years if I learned Reiki and Reiki was acceptable in hospitals, right? And um, once I realized that Reiki was kind of acceptable in hospitals, I was like, oh my God, this is like totally up my alley, like spirituality and like the mind-body connection. And uh, I was working with a functional yeah, talk about like meeting people and not knowing why you're meeting them. I met some random dude in college. When I moved to Colorado, he like messaged me on Facebook. I, I had no idea who this person was or how I met them, but they were just like, he messaged me on Facebook and he's like, yo, this lady that I met at a Tony Robbins seminar is looking for um, a like office assistant. And I went and worked with her and she was functional medicine. So it was very mind, like gut body related. And I was like, so intrigued that I was like, I want to go to nursing school and I want to do this like Western and Eastern thing because I had just gotten my ACL repaired. Right. So I'm like, I totally believe in Western medicine saved my stepdad, um, from dying essentially. And so that's like when I started the, uh, like started focusing on going to nursing school. It's like, I'm just going to bite my tongue and put myself through nursing school. It's only going to be like three years of time and I'll still have this legitimacy without like being a doctor. And if I want to go be a nurse practitioner, prescribe medicine, I'll eventually be able to do that. And that's kind of what like really triggered my mind body connection. I just started learning obviously I had to take like nursing classes. So I'd take like anatomy and physiology, microbiology, psychology. Um, and I also took like a bunch of science classes in 
college as well. And even like my senior like thesis was about like the human body and the human emotions connecting to nature and how nature has this impact on the human body. Um, so I think it's just been innate inside of me my whole damn life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I definitely. Yeah. I love that. What you said about like the three-year-old you, I, cause that's something that I struggled with for a long time. I'm obsessed. Like I love philosophy and psychology and I went and got a business degree because I'm like, I'll always need marketing. Like I'll always need to understand all that stuff. So like, fine. (laughs) Yeah. But now I just constantly like shame myself for not having like that degree in psychology and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I've started to learn that like, it's so the education system really is one of my pain points Mm -hmm. (laughs) just because I don't, the gatekeeping from education really like gets to me because like you clearly have a lot of knowledge and a lot of care for what you do and then there's other people who go through the whole education system and have no care but they just want to make money and I think like that is a huge factor especially in like something so fragile as healing and that's why like I love reading I love learning about as much as I can I think it's very much you have to be in it to understand things. Like just because I go to school doesn't mean I understand life and totally. those aspects, but I love, I love the, like the story from your childhood, because I think I looked at old college papers recently. Awesome. <laughs> and my very first philosophy class was literally, it was called fiction versus reality. Uh-huh. And my whole dissertation was about, I don't even know if you can call it a dissertation, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. It was about how like people with migraines tended to paint similar paintings to Picasso and he suffered migraines. So they actually visually saw what they painted. And my whole thing was like, that is a reality, even though we assume like paintings like that is our fiction. So yeah. just because a painting doesn't look like how you see it doesn't mean it's not reality and all of these things. And I got so into it. I was reading it and I was like, this is just like, so it echoes through every part of my life today. That's awesome. (laughs) And like, as a kid, that's all I would talk about. Like I remember during nap time, I'd be talking to my grandfather who passed away when I was five. And I was just like constantly talking to him. And I would just like tell all the kids, like all my stories and like what to do. And I'm like, Oh, like that's what I want is like storytelling. And yeah, I think going back to like just little memories is just your childhood self will tell you (laughs) everything that you need to know. (laughs) Oh my God. I know. And you know what I realized through doing the to be magnetic work, Lacey Phillips, if you hear this, I hope just one day, but (laughs) I'm like, she's like such a, like literally one of my biggest expanders. Like I just, so congruent with what she does point being is there's um in the inner child it's like go into like your childhood home and look at yourself playing and look at yourself um just like observe who you might have been as a child and like you know what are like what are your natural characteristics And like, whatever shows up for you is probably exactly who you are. And when I'm doing this meditation, I just realized like, 
I was like, um, I think I remember like seeing myself at one point and like bringing a leaf up to my me, right? So like my little inner child is bringing a leaf up to me. And she's like, oh my God, look at this leaf and the way that it's shaped and look at the tree that it comes from. And I was like, okay, so I'm naturally a teacher, right? Mm. And um, then I think like, I just, so that's kind of been my foundation of like, okay, I look at my little self and look at those little characteristics that are like innately bubbling out of me. And what that proved to me in like understanding this work is that it doesn't matter how old your body is. The soul is not that age. And the soul will emanate whatever the soul wants to without the filter of the conditioning that takes place, I would say, you know, they say zero to four years old is the biggest impact, but I think there's so much conditioning that starts to like repress our natural innate characteristics that happens after four years old. So it's like, we get a lot of that learning and that basic foundational knowledge but I think a lot of that starts to get pushed down after we start to like consciously engage with other people. Um, Cause a lot of my healing um, and a lot of my blocks were like, I could never get past like eighth grade. Right. So there was a mass, something massive in my life that happened in eighth grade. And it's like the more and more I understood that consciously of what was happening at that time, the deeper I was able to retract in age and go back to like younger versions of myself and understand that. Oh yeah. I remember there was one, I think it's all about narratives too. Like the stories you tell. I, I had a lot of healing to do with like just relationships in general, like a lot of people. Yeah. (laughs) And one of the things I always remembered was when I was a child, like first grade, I told this kid that I liked him and he told me he liked me and one other girl. So I was like, (laughs) it's me or no one. So like, go date her (laughs) but I like had such a struggle with it because in my mind I didn't realize like I created this narrative that like I was never chosen and I had to be like I wasn't going to be happy until I was chosen over someone else and like every time I got in a relationship the person liked me and someone else no way it was so annoying and then I reconnected with a friend that friend like that I told the date and I told him about that story and he goes what (laughs) and he was like I told you that to make you jealous like that that was (laughs) and like my whole like narrative just shattered around the whole thing and it was like oh my god I bet it was the most like visceral experience because it's so silly like when you realize the stories that you tell yourself you're like you're in first grade like (laughs) Why were you so determined? (laughs) I mean, that's awesome. I mean, she was very powerful as a child, but like, yeah. (laughs) And now I'm just like, okay, so everything. Well, and that narrative just sent you down a different path of belief systems in relationships, right? And like, I don't know, just like those little, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a block, but like just like those little things that kind of keep us from feeling fully open, right? Where it's like, oh, it's either me or no one. And it's like, well, what if that narrative changed to it's either me or I don't care? You know yeah. what I mean? You're like, it's just like, it's just me. 
It, and I had started it. doing that. And then like right. when we reconnected, I was like, God damn it. <laughs> it was, oh. yeah, it was amazing. Cause I noticed that huge shift in myself and then to be shown something. So like complete and it was like full circle moment. Mm-hmm. I like to call those, I don't call them blocks. I call them hell loops. <laughs> hell loops. That's yeah. Cool. Yes. <laughs> Have, you ever, out of this loop? <laughs> Have you ever seen Westworld? Um, a little bit. Yeah. Have you seen the maze part or no? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Well, there's this like maze and consciousness is in the center of the maze. Essentially. Oh, okay. I won't spoil, but like, that's just like a little maze. And I always saw like the themes that you experience over and over again. That's like you going through this maze to try to get to this consciousness yeah. constantly. Yes. And like Westworld, if you do end up watching it, it's just the first two seasons made like I had such strong reactions the whole time because I'm like I've had this thought my whole life <laughs> but it's like actually like oh yeah when that's who we are for you yeah mm-hmm. well that's what I love about and I would love to tie this back into the education piece because that's what I love about the world right now mm. is people are finding that center and I think that because there's such mass destruction and power in the masculine entities of our society right now people are choosing softer ways to do anything right like the theme of the world and the paradigm shift that we're going under is like so masculinely over overpowering and like over destructive it's just Mm -hmm. like totally um it's like egoically self-righteous. It's like so bad. Um, But I think it's almost like when like something becomes too much for somebody, they start to turn away and take a different route. And I think that people are starting to take a different route. And I think that we have been as a human species for a very long amount of time, people have been studying this concept, but I think it's just now leaking out of um, personal studies and into the world. And when I say now, I mean like the last, like maybe like 50 or 20 years where consciousness and like that center of consciousness, that center where you operate from is very clear, very grounded, very centered. And when we are clear, grounded, and centered, we act from an authentic place, quote unquote, Um, and that's where our power comes from, right? Because we are consciously clear in the brain. And when we feel clear in the mind, we can start to settle the body down, right? Because those electrical impulses aren't like sending information through the nervous system to create other systems and functions of freaking out. Um, and tying this back to like the school thing, it's like, oh my God, there is such a barrier to get into, not only get into school, to pay for school Mm -hmm. and to like the pressure of like getting a job. Um, I think that, you know, I really believe in credentialing. Like I believe in like a certified system and saying like this person has gone through this amount of training and has become like state certified, board certified to like, care for someone I really I do believe in that like I think that it vets 
oh, more negative bullshit than we would think, even though negative bullshit still seeps in through that gate, like moves in through those pores. But I think that it's so hard to get into or be accepted or complete school because there's the system is so rigid and again, greedy financially that whether you go to school or not, you can still find that center of consciousness and that groundedness and that authenticity in your power to operate from this place to teach and support people. But you, yeah, I just think like in terms of legality and being like legally responsible for somebody, you absolutely should be licensed. Like, Oh yeah. I think the, I think it takes just like a pure intention is like what you need in order to act on that learning. Um, But I went down like a huge rabbit hole with the education system. And I mean, like the origins of schooling and the idea of education started with like the Catholic church and everything. Like you would go to Bible school, you know, and you would learn what it means to be a good Catholic and all this stuff. So then when they, the industrial revolution and all that happened, that was when they were like, okay, we're going to take the Bible and turn it into like, how do you be a good worker? Mm. And so all the education system really is, is just teaching you how to be a good worker. It's not teaching you. That's why it's so hard to have like critical thinking and you feel like you're in this like factory. You're in such a confined structure. Yeah. And there's this whole correlation between like prisons and the education system. They're so psychologically linked. Like a lot of the person who helped set up the prison system also helped set up the education system. And it's like all of these links that go together. And it's just, it would have to take like a huge shift to create. I love like during the Renaissance and stuff, like for painters and stuff, you would be under someone that was just like Michelangelo, you would be under him and you would learn from him. And, or like, if you did Reiki, you would meet someone like a master and they would have like students for themselves and they would teach directly to them. And I just love that concept of learning through that. But even like all these movies and shows that are just like teaching you all this stuff that in a way that just feels really easy. I personally believe that like education and creation go together and I feel like until we combine the two then it's just it's not a fun place to be (laughs) well I think the narrative that needs to change is like because I'm sitting here thinking like okay because like Reiki is very much so because it's becoming so popular Mm -hmm. um, in mainstream kind of like yoga um, people are considering licensing this practice and there's this huge war because Reiki is such a good innate energy And we deserve to practice with freedom that people don't want to put that confined structure around it. And what leads me to that, I mean, beyond that is like, think if like some random person or like one of my clients is like, I had such a great Reiki experience. I want to go be a Reiki practitioner. And they have 10 grand to go spend on education. And they go to this licensed Reiki practitioner school for 10 grand. And it's like, then they become this Reiki practitioner. But 
at the same time, what if they get into the practice and they get tired of it or they get bored and they want to change their mind? It's like you were probably never really down to administer Reiki to begin with. And my point being is like, there's this narrative in the education system of like, when you get out of high school, you have to go to college. And when you get out of college, you might have to go get a master's degree or you have to go get a job. And it has to be in this channel that you've been in instead of being in like this lake or this, you know, multi, like this river system that has multiple avenues to it. You know what I mean? It's like, I feel like when people have that pressure of that narrative, they force themselves into something instead of like actually allowing them to explore and then using education as a tool to continue to explore um, as opposed to like funneling themselves into, into something that again, funnels themselves, like forces them to be something else. Does this make sense? It's like, Oh, to be a doctor and they never really wanted to be a doctor, but like, this is what, this is where, that's what the force of the channel took. We're so focused on like the end goal and like the title yeah. rather than like. And society's depiction of like, you have to go to high school and college. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what if you didn't know what you wanted to do in college? Like I didn't, and I was forced whatever I picked up in college, I'm still doing now, which I'm very, very grateful for. But it's like, I want to teach my kids, like figure out what you want to do first, then use your money wisely because it's going to pay off that much better. Mm-hmm. Me going and like I learned marketing and everything and I was it's I think it's a good example. I don't know, maybe not. But when I went, it was right before social media took off. Mm. And so as I graduated, I graduated in 2016. So like no company was using Instagram for for marketing. Like 2016 was the year that everything kind of shifted. Sure. Like everyone used all these apps and stuff, but no one like cared you know right, right. yeah <laughs> it was more the, like free-flowing as opposed to like a goal and no one had like a social media manager or a content manager like it was just and I was great at writing and so when I got out of college all of a sudden I got I was I'm like I love math I love just science and like everything based on that but because I could write and I knew art and graphic design and everything, I wasn't allowed to do any of the strategic stuff. And they just put me right into the content. I hate social media marketing. Oh my (laughs) God. There's all these rules now. And everyone's like, you need to be a social media manager. This is how you have to do. And I'm like, who the fuck made these rules? Like it literally just happened. And that's the same thing with like, we are so focused on like the title of something. Like I'm going to be, a social media manager, these are all the steps rather than like going to schooling and understanding like, okay, I'm going to take pieces of psychology, of anatomy, of, I don't know, spiritual, like psychology or like psychospiritual, all of these things. And then I'm going to create a new job that didn't exist before because like social media management didn't exist, but now we think it's the normal. And it's like, I want to get to a place where like you can explore and create your own job instead of focusing on all these, like, here's a list of a hundred jobs that you can choose from. Just choose from one of those. Yeah. You should be building your own job. Well, and I think, I think another beautiful result of the paradigm shift that we've been going through in the last two years is like, I don't know about you, but how many people do you know have either become coaches Monet salespeople. <laughs> um, what's the other beauty counter? 
Mm -hmm. right? Like look at these individual independent small businesses that are popping up. Yeah. And um, I, Pluto just, um, the United States just had their Pluto return. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think it's talking about how like um, our systems are going to be affected in terms of like, like trade and um, experience. It might be a new currency. And it's like, look at all of these people becoming coaches where like their own life experience is supporting somebody else's. Yeah. It's not this structured thing at all. You know what I mean? And look at me as a Reiki practitioner, right? Like I just spent hours, like 12 hours cumulatively learning and studying the law of an alternative and complementary healthcare practitioner in the state of Colorado. Because am I a coach? Am I a therapist? Am I da da da? You know, and like there's just different rules. And like, you know, in in these alternative and healthcare roles, you can teach mind body systems, you can mm-hmm. teach spirituality, you can teach um you know, the functions of the, of the body, but you can't therapeutically take someone through them. Right. And that therapy might be like a planned consistent thing where like, you're legally responsible for like their well-being, not legally responsible, but you have a legal tie to their like emotional and physical and mental well-being, you know? Um, But I, I guess my ultimate point is, is like, I think hopefully we'll start moving to a place where like independent and small businesses are what empowers society essentially. And that like we can, I don't know if the school systems will ever truly dismantle in our lifetime. I'd also like to take a look at the fact that what are they called? School loans. Yeah. How far they've been pushed off. I mean, they've been pushed off for two years. The government is like, earning interest but I know like nurses right now that are like getting their school loans paid for because they work during the pandemic and and that is so proper and so right and like um I hope that I can benefit from that at some point but at the same time it's like I don't know I don't know if it's, it's going to change I don't know what's going to happen but I'm just hoping that there's some sort of student loan forgiveness and and there's a little bit more freedom um it's not like totally looking at like that right now but I hope that the system changes because I truly believe in our innate ability to be exactly who we are and um, and to be able to share that with the world. And if there was like a vetting system to be like, you can get licensed by the state if you take these certain exams and know these certain things, that would be really dope. Um, but so that like you could be licensed or like whatever, but you know, it is what it is right now. And I think that there's it's still a ton of freedom. And I think it's important to like, just take advantage of that, like while we still have it. Oh yeah. And I think there's a difference between like being a healer and a medical practitioner to like, I feel, I feel like shame sometimes. Cause I'm like, I didn't actually go to art school, <laughs> but I'm, at the same okay. time, I'm like you, who, it doesn't I matter. That's what people were saying to me when I was looking at all the legality stuff. They're like, nobody's going to know this, Erin. And I was just like, yeah, but you know what? If I know it, then at least I'm clear on like what I can do, you know? Yeah. 
We definitely got off topic of the Reiki, but. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I really, I loved this conversation. Um, was there anything else you wanted to talk about with Reiki or? Um, I would say like, honestly, how to show up for yourself. So if you're not certified in Reiki, um, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's an amazing tool for everybody to learn, even if you're not going to distribute it to other people. But to just have the awareness of this vibration is like something that is so good. Um, And while it's still cheaply accessible, I would encourage people to do it. I'm not encouraging everybody to become a practitioner. Um, But at the same time, I think if you're not Reiki certified, learning to self-regulate by simply, you know, and this is what's worked for me and it's not medical advice by any means but it's like just take a moment sit with where you are and allow yourself to believe in the good and the loving possibilities that could potentially occur and that I think frees yourself from the shackles of energy blockages, lower vibrational frequencies, anxiety, um, distress, you know, just take a moment and just allow yourself to feel the abundance that is truly available in this world. And I think that will help people move. And you can always mindfully place your hand on your heart or place your hand on your knee and say, you know, if you have a knee issue or you have a cut somewhere on your body. You just place your hand there for the process of intention. And you just say, hand, I love you. I want all the cells in this area to heal. I want so much love to go to this place that you feel like you can heal yourself. And speaking to your cells and to your body that way, they will respond they will respond because if they respond in stress, they're going to respond to good things too, you know? And so that's what, you know, if you're, if you're not Reiki certified, that's the one thing that I want to share is like self-healing is totally available to us as long as we remember it. Aww. <laughs> I hope that kind of like brings everything else in, right? Like self-healing is available to you and you can become who you want to be. You know, as long as you stay in some of the regulations and play the system a little bit, like (laughs) you can heal whatever blocks you have against yourself or limit yourself from becoming exactly what you see for yourself and becoming, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think the next step comes when you feel like you've fully embraced the chapter that you're in. That's such a good ending. Wow. (laughs) Thank you for sharing. I feel Mm -hmm. all like. Yeah, just happy. No, yeah, it's possible, right? And we get so stuck in lack. We do, dude. If you just go to the grocery store and just look at how many oranges are sitting on the shelves right now, (laughs) there is no need for you to think that this world lacks or your life lacks something because it's not that it lacks, it's just that you haven't engaged in the abundance, you know. Mm -hmm. That's a great ending. Engage in the abundance. Engage in the abundance. (laughs) I love little affirmations, so that's a good one. (laughs) 
Good, good. Well, I hope everybody engages in your abundance today and for this week to come. And where can people find you if they want to work with you? Um, I am at, well, I guess my website is themindfulbird.com. And then my Instagram handle is themindfulbird underscore. And um, I am located in Denver downtown. And then uh, I also do distance sessions. So the best way to is either like email me, themindfulbird at gmail.com, go to my website and book or, you know, connect with me on Instagram. I, I love, you know, expanding my community um, and people who want to talk about this kind of stuff. So that's that's where I'm at in all the dimensions. <laughs> Current. <Yeah. laughs> um, thank you so much for coming on. That was oh beautiful. my God. Thank you for the opportunity. You're, you're incredible. And, <laughs> I love that. I'm gonna, I love watching your journey. I'm, I'm so 